Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jesse will be with us in a moment. I'm here, Terry. Uh, hey, okay, brother Jess, I just don't see you. So, okay, good yeah, to hear. Yeah, the camera's not working. All right, no. brother, well, we'll get it straightened. Yeah. Today, I just want to say, Jess and I are two evangelical Catholics with PhDs in common sense, and common sense ain't that common. And I always say that I'm the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Lebanese lover of our lady. Jess, I'm on duty, brother. How about you? You got it, Terry. I'm the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yep. The Latin lover of Our Lady. Well, hey, the month of November yes, is dedicated to the holy souls. Mm. Let's remember as Catholics, uh, there's prayer rosary every single day, yep. offering it for the holy souls in purgatory. Yep. Remember, they can also pray for us as well. They can't pray for themselves. No. And this is an old Catholic practice that uh, goes at least back to the, uh, to the book of Maccabees. Uh, 2 Maccabees chapter 12, verse 43, where the Jews, it says, it was a holy and wholesome thought to pray for the souls of the dead. In Catholicism, it really took root mm -hmm. right around 1030 AD by St. Odilo of Cluny, mm -hmm. where uh, he took that Jewish practice and he really made it uh, normative for Catholics to start praying for the dead. Awesome. Hey, Jesse, we've got a great show. We're going to be talking about the heroes and zeros, the Catholic uh, accountability project we always do. I think you're going to be impressed with that. Also, uh, Pope Francis calls for a new theology, but not always corresponding to the Christian face of God. Mm. That's just a fact. Mm. And then we're going to get an update on this Father M uh, Marco Rubnik, the scandal and the contempt that is taking place in that issue about a priest who's been caught doing horrible things. We'll talk more about that later in the show. But Jesse, I wanted to mention the need to know file this is amazing. Rasmussen, the poll, finds that 24% know someone who was killed by the jab, and 42% wow. would join a suit against Big Pharma. I find that very interesting. And Jess, you know that we do hundreds of funerals here at the Sacred Heart Chapel, and I would say I know dozens of people from the funerals where we were burying people who had the jab. So They're victims of the poke. They're victims of the poke. One other, one other thing I want to bring up is another convert to the Catholic faith. Uh, Rob Snyder says he's a new convert to Catholicism. I'll be honest with you, I didn't know who he was, but he's a uh, very famous, famous comedian. comedian. And he's 60 years old, and basically he realized in time, and he was someone who actually fought uh, the closing of all the churches and uh, because of the jab also. But he said that, you know, I turned 60 years old, and he didn't say it this way, but he, he said, you know, I, I realize there's an expiration date on my life. I better find out, you know, to, uh, you know, find out about the meaning and purpose of life. And, you know, many people say this, Jesse. They look at objectively all the players out there, and they look at Catholicism, and they go, you know what? This makes more sense than anything else that yes. I look into. I haven't that that's been really common from what I could tell, Jeff. You know, the same things happened to uh, the the psychologist's wife. Yes, uh, I forget. The, the Tam, Tammy Jordan. Tammy, that's right. Tammy Peterson. Tammy Peterson. She's also going through the same thing. She's looking at everything that makes sense in life as you get older. Yeah. And she just saw, uh, miraculously was saved from cancer by praying the rosary after the fifth day of praying a novena. Right. And she says, you know what? Of all systems out there, Catholicism yeah. makes sense. Yeah. 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 Rob Snyder, he was very famous back in the 80s and 90s for Saturday Night Live. Oh, famous, famous comedian. 
He's in a lot of Adam Sladler movies. I had a little bit to do with his journey of faith. Really? Tell us, Jess. This is interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Kevin, my Kevin brother James? Johnny, my brother Johnny, who ha- had a big part in the conversion of Kevin James. Yes. Famous Kevin man. James and 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 uh, and Rob Snyder mm-hmm. do a lot of movies together. Mm. So Kevin started. Uh, evangelizing and catechizing Rob Schneider started making sense to him. Yeah. Then he moved out here to an undisclosed place in Arizona, Rob Schneider. Yeah. So I get the phone call and they're then from, (laughs) from friends of mine and saying, Hey, Rob Schneider's out there. He's open to the Catholic faith, but he needs more catechesis, more information. <laughs> so uh, the right guy. <laughs> I called up his wife. Yeah. I had the, because the, his wife is best friends with a very famous Hollywood actress, Karime Lozano, who's my good friend. Yeah. So Karime told me to reach out to them. Uh, we reached, I reached out to them. The wife picked up the phone. She said, yeah, we would love for, to get like some personal instruction mm-hmm. And uh, and so what I did is I got a good holy Catholic priest from the FSS, FSSP awesome. to go and start giving him weekly and bi-monthly Baltimore Catechism instruction, <laughs> and the rest is history. Oh, I love What a great story. Yeah. Hey, I just want to mention that tomorrow there's going to be a National Men's March Where at? Uh, in Boston, mm-hmm. Massachusetts, held by our friend Jim, Jim, uh, Jim Havens. Yeah, we've Jim, had him yeah. here. Yeah, it's going to be from uh, 8.30 to 11.30 a.m. Uh, they're inviting Catholic men out there to stand against the uh, abortion and in front of the Planned Parenthood Killing Center. If you want more information, go to themensmarch.com, themensmarch.com. Also, today, a bunch of brave Catholic students, male and female, are going to be having a prayerful r- a rally and a protest at 7.30 tonight at, no, at the University of Notre Dame. Scandalous. Yeah, it's at 7.30 p.m. tonight, uh, Eastern Time. And they're protesting because of their, they're bringing in uh, drag queens over to the University of Notre Dame. And, uh, of course, drag queens, this is a mockery of, the, of Catholicism, these, vul- these vulgar drag queen shows. And none of the priests... The Holy Cross Fathers, they want to, they don't want to do anything about it, yeah. nor does any of the staff. So the students, the males and females, are gathering together with the rosaries tonight to defend the truth of the Catholic faith God against this disgraceful drag queen's awesome. uh, hours here at the University of Notre Dame. Jesse, this is going on more and more. When we see scandal in the church, we need to stand up with our prayers and our actions. And this is what the young people are doing. Because at Notre Dame, they say, oh, it's academic freedom. Wait a minute. Where is it academic freedom to uh, to to sin objectively and talking about sexuality according to their will rather than God's will? I just don't get it. But you know what I do get? I don't think they get the faith, Jesse. That's my take. Because if you had the faith, you'd stop it. They've lost their supernatural yep. faith. Yep. And so have many of these bishops who don't put a stop That's to right. this. That's right. Yeah. All right, Jesse. Anything Speak, else? Speak, Lord. Let's your servants are listening. Oh, this is great. Gospel of Luke. Chapter 14, verses 1 to 6. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. In front of him, there was a man suffering from dropsy. Jesus spoke to the scholars of the law and Pharisees in reply, asking, Is it lawful to cure on the Sabbath or not? But they kept silent. So he took the man, and after he had healed him, dismissed him. Then he said to them, who among you, if your son or ox falls into a cistern, that's like a well, yep. uh, would not immediately pull 
pull him out on the Sabbath day. But they were unable to answer his question. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Dropsy, by the way, this is a, a condition that was characterized by the swelling in the body. It was, it was caused by fluid retention. Yep. So in case you're wondering what dropsy is. then the whole issue here is the Pharisees. Well, you can, you can ask, well, why did the Pharisees invite Jesus over to dinner after he, he had already repeatedly according to them, broken their Sabbath regulations. And uh, St. Luke, he points out that uh, the disposition of the Pharisees as they bring to Jesus into table fellowship, they're trying to trap him. That's what they're trying to do by his own words. And uh, the point that Jesus is making here, is it lawful to refuse your neighbor, uh, you know, help in a time of need just because it's a Sabbath? That's the point that Jesus is making is that God's work of love and mercy, it's never at rest, not yeah. even on the Sabbath. Well said. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. This is one of my favorite topics of Fulton Sheen, the topic of tolerance. Fulton Sheen says, Indifferent are those who deny that there's any such thing as good or evil. That's us today in our world. Or who have no philosophy of life, and who accept no goal or purpose, modern living, right or wrong to them, are merely points of view. <clears throat> Tolerance is identified with an equal value to right and wrong, truth and error, virtue and vice. Well said. He said, the indifferent generally boast that they are open-minded, that they are willing to hear all sides, but refuse to accept any. Their minds are so open that the ideas pass right through them. <laughs> That's Fulton Sheen. That's be, he, he's being charitable. I, I've said it similar, but in a little bit, you know, like their brains are falling out. They, they can't think. But, you know, Jesse, this is really what he just described 70 years ago. It's alive and well in our culture. And that's why I think it's important that we use Scripture with a world biblical view and not try to go to psychology to try and justify any, you know, life of the Christ, you know, be you want to be happy, let's talk about that, and let's don't talk about Scripture, about salvation. I think we need to go back to the basics, and Bishop Sheen is nailing it by pointing out that, uh, you know, we can never tolerate sin. That's my take, Jess. Well, that's exactly what the whole synod on yeah, silliness is. Right, it that's right. They're trying to change the church's teachings, not, not by appealing to Scripture no. or tradition, yeah. by appealing to, uh, you know, the bot, the bottom up, lay people, malformed lay people, malformed anti-Catholics, yeah. ex-Catholics, yeah, atheists, atheists to give <laughs> opinions from the top down, yeah. and the church is going to accommodate according to the culture. Wow! When we come back, talk about heroes and zeros of the month. We like to show that because these are people we can pray for, and they should give us inspiration to stand up for the faith because remember never worry about who will be offended when you speak the truth worry about who will be misled deceived and destroyed right. if we don't that's what we do here at virgin most powerful radio stay with us family we'll be right back welcome back to the terry and jesse show you know jesse i'm just so blessed to be here talking about the gospel and a world biblical view i wanted to remind everybody that we are going to have a fundraiser coming up where people can actually bid on sacred items that we have. And if people can take a look at that 
I'll give you all the information that uh, will help you find it. And what you'd want to do is go to auctionstoday.com or you can go to our website homepage at vmpr.org. Bidding opens at 9 a.m. on November 10th. But you can take a look at all the items. And there's lots of good items from dinners with Jesse and Father uh, Chad Ripperger. And, uh, you know, Bishop Strickland will be here in March. We got all kinds of things to offer, but we need your support for that. Jess, let's talk about the heroes and zeros of the month. Are you with me? I don't see you right now. Yeah. Okay. The good. heroes of the month, Terry, yeah. they have a biblical worldview. Yeah. The zeros of the month. That's a good way to describe it. They have a secular humanist. Worldly. Worldview. Worldly. I keep calling it yeah. worldly view. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and so uh, I, I would just say that the heroes yeah. have red pilled and the zeros <laughs> are still blue pilling. I love it. Just, means they're still they're still living in ignorance. Well said. That's, so, yeah. first hero, mm -hmm. Judge William Montgomery, Arizona Supreme Court. He's uh, he's a judge here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. He refused demands that he recuse himself from a pending abortion case because of his pro life views. In December, this court will hear a case that Planned Parenthood brought forward in hopes of legalizing abortion in the state of Arizona. Judge Montgomery has repeatedly promised to remain neutral. All parties, he said, are entitled to fair and impartial adjudication of the legal issues presented, including cases with respect to abortion. My oath of office requires no less, says Judge Montgomery. We celebrate Montgomery's commitment to his office and to the truth that Americans of faith have a right to participate in public life. His refusal to recuse himself, because he's a Catholic, is a brave defense not only of our faith, but also of the U.S. Constitution. Good for him. You got it. Next up to that, in second batting in the batting lineup, is Bishop Michael Burbridge, Diocese of Arlington. His Excellency has strongly encouraged Virginia Catholics to vote early and to recognize the good and evil at play in the elections. That's what we need. He says it's very important for Catholics to, first of all, get out there. And if we're going to be victorious and have people uphold all we believe to be true and good, then we have to win, uh, Bergbridge said in his latest episode on his podcast, Walk Humbly. He emphasized the importance of voting pro-life. Thank you, Bishop. I hope you don't lose your, your bishopry because you, what, what I'm hearing you say is you can't vote for the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. Okay, saying that the standing against abortion is a defining hallmark of good candidates. That's right. That's the litmus test. He says, you have to make sure that we get the foundation right. And it all begins with the protection of life. Thank you again, Bishop. It does. And then he says, if you get that right. In other words, Jesse, he's saying if we don't get abortion right, what other rights are there? If you don't get to be born, you never experience any other rights. He's, he's saying it well. Then you, never ex you never experience liberty or the pursuit of happiness. Exactly. And then everything else is going to be to follow. He says, if you believe that, then it's going to be intact in, in other ways of how we treat the poor, how we treat the vulnerable, or how we provide facilities and care. It all flows from that. Yes, the sacred from the, life. From the right to life. Yeah. It's from the beginning to the conception to natural death. He says, it is a choice between good and evil in Virginia. Jesse, I love a bishop speaking. He sounds like Bishop Strickland. It is a choice between good and evil in Virginia, and this Catholic bishop is clearly and firmly articulating the moral obligation Catholics have to vote and vote well. Thank you, Bishop Bergbridge. I thank him myself, Jesse. I love having hey, a bishop do that. 
Amen. Another hero, Brian Arlinghouse, Catholic entrepreneur. In Milford, Ohio, Catholic business owner Brian Arlinghouse yeah. took a stand for human rights by placing a vote on a, a, a vote no yeah. on issue number one signed in the window of his restaurant, Copper Blue, name of his restaurant. Some of his staff members walked out in protest and Brian was forced to close for a few days. He took his employees' protest in stride, saying, quote, I told the staff <laughs> I that I didn't this. fault them for taking a stance. Yeah. That's their prerogative. Yeah. But I let you them will. know that I think it's a battle between good and evil. Mm-hmm. Issue one is a proposed amendment that would permanently that would permanently impose unlimited abortion and sex change surgeries without parental consent. Voting yes to issue one will cause the right to abortion to be added to the Ohio State Constitution. Arlinghouse spoke out bravely and paid the price. Let us pray for more Buckeyes like him. <laughs> I don't think abortion is good for women, Ar- Ar- Arlinghouse said. As a Catholic, there are sins that cry out to heaven for vengeance, and one of them is the oppression of women and children. Uh, another hero. Wow. Another hero. And, and on the 7th of uh, Tuesday, the 7th of November, they're going to be making that <clears throat> vote there for life, we hope. All right, next guy. <clears throat> Honorable mention. Ohio Catholic Conference priests and bishops battling the number one issue. In Ohio, remember, this is it. <clears throat> They're going to be battling it. It's been a long, drawn-out battle for life in Ohio. Catholic vote has been there every step of the way, and we would be remiss to leave out the thousands of faithful Catholics, including dozens of priests and the Ohio Catholic Conference, who have faced enormous odds and never backed down. Never backed down, I like that. From the bishops who together condemned the number one pub. Number one, publicly, to priests who preach forcefully on Catholic moral obligation to vote no in homilies, video posts. This battle has shown their quality of life. And again, Jesse, some people are going to say you're tied again to politics. You know what, Jess? The church has to be that moral voice. When it's quiet, evil abounds. When it speaks out loudly and boldly for the gospel values, we win. Yep, well, you, you just quoted what the Catechism says. Uh, it says that under the Fourth Commandment yeah. that the church has to be the moral conscience of yes. government. So yes. that's... that's you. Now, who are the zeros for okay, last here, month? Well, here it comes. Number one. The losers. Yes. The, the, the Father John Jenkins, president of Notre, University of Notre Dame, who has announced he will retire in May 2024, good riddance, yes. is defending a school-sponsored drag queen show slated to take place at Notre Dame th- tonight. In defending the event, he cited academic freedom over the objections of students and alumni. The event will feature at least three drag performers, mm-hmm. one of whom is a student. Wow. Hundreds have emailed their objections to Notre Dame's administration, but in an automated response, Father Jenkins defended the drag show. So here's his automated response. He Take says, that to oh, your grave. We defend academic freedom, even when the content of the presentation is objectionable to some or even many. The event you reference is part of a one-credit course in film, television, and theater on the history of drag, and the principle of academic freedom applies. We assume this means Notre Dame's administration being fine with the women face with the women face mockery that is drag will also be fine with blackface, vaudeville, and minstrel shows. Exactly. Not a great way to go out, Father uh, Jenkins. And you know, Jesse, this re- I'm going to have to say it. I'm so sorry, but these guys, these Jesuits, have been doing this for decades. You and I both lived in Southern California 25 years ago, and they had these uh, monologues that were, I won't even say the word, but they were vile for women. It was A woman's body part. Yes, woman body parts. And they were being thrown to all these different Jesuit colleges, and they said the same thing. Well, it's academic freedom. 
No, you're not. You, you, academic freedom has nothing to do with promoting sin. See, this is where the biblical worldview is lacking in the Jesuit school. So I call them out. Okay, number two, Jamie Mason, president of Catholics for Choice. Another loser. Yeah, loser. But Jesse, that's a, 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 you lose your faith. You're not a Catholic. For, there's no Catholics for Choice. Catholics for Choice is an anti-Catholic pro-abortion organization funded by elite non-Catholics like Warren Buffett. They have very few people who fund it, but the big guys do it, like Warren Buffett. Was extremely aggressive both at home and abroad this month. They're, now, they're fighting on the other side in Ohio. The organization instilled, ready, 30 billboards promoting the one, two Catholics ahead. Issue one. Issue, issue one. one to Catholics ahead of the November 7th vote on pro-life amendment. The pro-abortion amendment. Pro- pro-abortion amendment. So they're putting, they're trying to uh, promote the killing of innocent babies. Yep. They're, they're calling themselves Catholics for choice. President Jamie L. Mason lashed out at the courageous Ohio bishops. So she's a loser. She's, she's a, a loser. loser. She's attacking yeah. the bishops. Yeah. Before speaking up for the unborn. Ohio's Catholic bishops are pulling out all the stops to stigmatize and silence pro-choice Catholics, oh my gosh, across the state, preaching blistering sermons from the pulpit and pouring an astonishing 1.4 million into the campaign to defeat this abortion right amendment. God bless the Catholics there. Mason also, Manson also made a highly publicized appearance at the Senate, on the Senadality in Rome. What? Catholics who have had abortions deserve to be heard and invited into the conversation with our church leaders, she said, in a video promoting her trip. Of course, she doesn't mean post-abortion women who regret their abortions and who have spent their lives heroically defending life and saving other women from the same fate. She means women who shout their, their abortions and demand others celebrate child sacrifice with her. Sad. Pray for her conversion. Next, Jess. Last loser of the month, Cardinal Blaise Supic, Archdiocese of Chicago. In an interview with Father James Martin, America Magazine, Cardinal Supic reflected on his time participating in the Synod on Synodality in Rome. A bishop's role in the church is to defend the tradition that has been passed on from the apostles (laughs) to uphold and changing church teaching, teaching on faith and morals, and finding a new way of being church. Now, where's that? That, that, see, that, that's made up, that second part, a new way of being church. Yeah, get me okay? that That's complete modernism get right there. Modernism. Bishops, Supert says, should really avoid, uh, should really be careful about going full forward and pronouncing on things because we believe that there's the violation of God's law or a church protocol. Well, we don't expect St. Athanasius level rhetoric from every bishop. Is it too much to ask <laughs> that the princes of the church pronounce on a few things yeah. that are clearly in violation of God's law? The key takeaway for Cardinal Supic, he's holding out hope that through the Synod, it's technically not over yet, the Church can reimagine and sac- what sacramental communion means, referencing people in their second marriages, non-Catholics, and the ever-present LGBT community that's growing in the Church. Is there an analogy that can be used with regard to people who might not be in full and complete ecclesial communion because of some aspect of their life and sacramental communion? Much along the lines of what the Pope says, that the Eucharist is not a reward but a source of healing. I'm not sure how to unpack all of this, said Cardinal Supic. Well, Cardinal, don't unpack it. 
It's, it, it's uh, don't unpack your bags. It's time for you to go home. We need a new cardinal in, in uh, Chicago. We need a cardinal that holds to the perennial teachings of the church. And Jesse, I just might add, Cardinal Supich, when he was ordained a Catholic priest, made a promise on the altar to uphold to the deposit of faith. That he's broke. That he's broke. And for us to call him out is charitable, Jesse. That's what we're doing. Cardinal yeah. Supich, keep your promise, just like Jess and I kept our promise for marriage. Yep. We got to do it. And this is really uh, And it's a daily correction. decision, by the way. Yes. It's a daily decision. It's a daily, well said. And so we ask all of our priests and bishops and cardinals and the Pope to keep their promise because that promise, they're going to be judged on how well they keep their promises to God yep. that they made at the altar, just like Jess Romero and Terry Barber and all you rest of your listeners made promises. Let's keep them. What's up next, Jess? This up next, we're going to be talking about Pope Francis' calls for a paradigm shift in theology for the world of today. What does that mean? We'll be right back. That's next on The Rundown. Stay with us. We're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if Jess and I were, uh, we're, we're billionaires, why? Because we believe in Jesus Christ and his church. Stay with us for more. We come right back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess, I want to give a plug to Bishop Strickland. Uh, he's in Rome coming back from his trip. But uh, I thought it was great. He said um, in a tweet that I just fits right in with you and I about living in the state of grace. He says, uh, he says this about Catholics. He said, are you living in the state of grace? These are questions that constantly are in the hearts of the saints that should be in our hearts every day as well. Am I doing God's will? In other words, that's our focus. That's the church's mission for the salvation of souls. And I made a joke to Jesse earlier, and I said, Jess, no, my mission is to save the planet. No, no, the Catholic Church's mission has nothing to do, uh, in a sense, of priorities. We all want to be recycling. I get all that. But we need to put more energy into the salvation of souls and leave the saving of the planet to the environmentalists who think that you know it needs to, and we need to do our part. But let's get our priorities back up. All right, Jess, what are we talking about this? Pope, Pope Francis, Francis is calling for a paradigm shift in theology yeah, what's that about? for the world of today. Yeah. In other words, departing the biblical worldview yeah, the whip, and, and adopting more of a secular yep, world, worldly worldview. Yep, yeah, that's what, Secular and worldly are the same. They're synonyms, by the way. Yep, they are. Pope Francis has called for a paradigm shift in Catholic theology that takes widespread engagement with contemporary science, culture, and people's lived experience as an essential starting point. No, here's the key. People's lived experience. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, you know, Jesse, come yeah. on. This is what, yeah. I, I'm just going to jump in and just say, this is what liberation theology starts with, the people's experience, rather than going to the Word of God. I, I know per I've been saying precisely. this for a long time, but let's get this world biblical view back into the church. Continue. The Pope presented his dramatic vision for the future of yep. Catholic theology in a new mode appropriate issued earlier today. He says, citing the need to deal with profound cultural transformations. So what the Pope is saying, because society is changing, the culture is changing, we've got to move. Theology has to move with the culture. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Titled, Ad Theologium Promovendum, or to promote theology in English, the document revises the statutes of the Pontifical Academy of Theology, PATH, to make them more suitable for the mission that our time imposes on theology. Theology, the Pope says, can only develop 
in a culture of dialogue and encounter between different traditions and different knowledge between different Christian confessions and different religions. You know, that's syncretism. Open, I'm sorry to say openly, that. that is. Openly okay. engaging with everyone, believers and non-believers, the Pope wrote in the apostolic letter. Oh. Terry, this is also false ecumenism. Yes, it is. But you know what yeah. syncretism yeah. is? Saying that one religion is as good as another. So, and, and also mixing religions, like putting, yes. like slamming them together like in a, in a, in a soup. Oh, you know, put them work. all, a little bit of Buddhism, put yeah. a little bit of Judaism, a yeah. little bit of Catholicism in yeah. a soup. We've seen and you that. put all together. Yeah. Hey, 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 and and this, is, this is modernism as well, modernism. And it's also a rejection of the social kingship of Christ. The, right. the superiority of Christ this is rejecting Jesus' kingship and his claims as Lord and King yep. by saying, hey, we're going to make a big religious soup and just add a little bit of Buddhism, yeah. a little bit of Catholicism, you know, and put Christ, you know, a little they bit start, of pepper. They're yeah. going to start calling him the cosmic Christ, as Matthew Fox did. This is yeah. not good. Jesse, let's, let's give a quote from Pope Leo Thirteenth because this is, I, I'd like to see the Catholic consistency. In other words, this argument that Pope Francis is making, how does it square with tradition? Well, Pope Leo XIII wrote in, I might have it wrong, Satis Conjurium, the church's task to teach the faith of Christ, not to look for knowledge from other traditions or religions. This is contrary to what Pope Francis is saying. The Pope said, Pope Leo XIII wrote, For what did Christ the Lord ask? What did he wish in regards to the church founded or about to be founded? This to transmit to it the same mission, the same mandate, which he has received from the Father, that they should be perpetuated. In other words, as the Bible says, uh, Christ is the same today, tomorrow, and yesterday. It's just, nothing changes. And this is a, a challenge I have with Pope Francis's new model of theological studies because they direct Catholic theologies, theologians to draw from or promote the people's common sense in an inductive method. We've never done that before, Jesse. Here's, here's what Pope's the teaching yeah. that is uh, is getting everybody to scratch their head. Yeah, what is it? Pope Francis wrote that Catholic theology must experience, here it is, a courageous cultural revolution. <laughs> In other words, we've got to change our theology. That's what he's saying. Yeah, and, and, yeah. In order to become a fundamental contextual theology. Yeah, get, explain contextual theology. Come on. It means that it means that theology changes. That's what it means. Yeah, I see that. That's, that what, that's what it means. Teaching. Theology can change. That's what it means. He says, guided by Christ's incarnation in a time and space, this approach to theology must be capable of reading and interpreting the gospel in the conditions which men and women live daily in different geographical, social, and cultural environments, the Pope wrote. I'll explain what this is. This is just like the liberals do with the Constitution. They say it's an evolving document. Now the liberals are going to say the deposit of faith, sacred scripture, sacred tradition, also evolves through the passing of times and evolves with the different cultures. Isn't this that's, situation that's exactly ethics? exactly what he's saying. Yes, he, isn't this situation ethics that yes. depending on circumstances, then, uh, you know, we got to say yes to one. We got to say it's okay here, but it's not okay there. See, that's contrary to the word of God. Yep. The Pope contrasted this approach with the theology that is limited. limited so he, he criticizes tradition. He says, to abstracting, reproposing yep. formulas and yep. schemes from the past. <laughs> And Aquinas, you know? Yeah, and repeated his long-standing criticism of desk-bound theology. That's that's a take. That's taking a shot at the great uh, the, the doctrines Thanks. of the church. Yes. Yeah. Instead, he emphasized that theological studies must be open to the world, not as a tactical attitude, but as a profound turning point. There it is in their method, 
which he said must be inductive. We got to look within ourselves, like navel gazing, Terry, like Buddha. Na- look within yourself. Forget about objective truth. Be subjective. Look within yourself. Pope Francis emphasized that this bottom-up re-envisioning of theology is necessary to better aid the church's evangelizing mission. In other words, Terry, what's happening is we're going to listen to liberal lay Catholics, liberal habilist nuns, even Protestants, anti-Catholics, and even atheists, and and now conform the church's teachings to these people because this is the zeitgeist, the spirit of this age that St. Paul told us is diabolic. And Jesse, I want to also mention Pope Pius XII. He condemned this idea of Pope Francis. So see why we have to have consistency? He said that it is the will of Jesus Christ that the whole body of Christ, no less than individual members, should resemble him. He wrote this in Mystical Corporatus. Nor did Pope Pius XII allow for any theological development which would, which would look to find inspiration outside of the Catholic Church. He stated this, and then I'll turn it back to you. So full of grace and truth is he, Christ, yeah, Christ, that his inexhaustible fullness we have all received. Christ enlightens his whole church as numberless passages from the sacred scriptures and the Holy Father's prove. Jesse, I I just want to say this is not consistent with what the church has always taught, and so I have to reject it. Uh, again, as as we read this, mm-hmm. you can see that this is typical of modernist speech. Yes, they speak with ambiguity. Yep. Uh, it, like it says here, a synodal missionary, an outgoing church, can only correspond to an outgoing theology. The Pope wrote. Oh, give me a break. What does that mean? I know. These are words that they they've never had any basis in Catholicism. They're just making them up. The Pope said this dia- dialogical approach can allow theology to broaden the boundaries. Again, terms never used before. You know, uh, God of surprises. He uh, he says, uh, to achieve this outgoing theology, Pope, Pope Francis wrote that theology must become transdisciplinary. Tran- part of a web of relationships. Yeah, wait, wait, I mean, First of all, with other disciplines and other knowledge. Again, syncretism. Yes. Again, this is, all this language, Terry, is number one, it's ambiguous. It's never been used by any pope before in the nope, past. Nope. So I'm just going to be quite honest. This pope is trying to change church teaching through synods. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to simplify for I'm going to simplify this article for everybody. Mm-hmm. He wants to change church teaching, and he wants to do it through synods. Uh, and 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 you can see the very last paragraph of this article. It says, "This says it all in harmony." With the magisterium of Pope Francis, no, there's no mag- under the new new statutes, will also exercise a commitment to intellectual charity by focusing on the questions that and needs of those on the existential peripheries. <laughs> now, Terry, that's pretty arrogant. The magisterium of Francis? You've lost two thousand years. What the heck are you talking that, about? That's man? not a Catholic principle. No. We we talk about the 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 perennial teachings of the church, the magisterium as we've known for two thousand years. Uh, Terry, it, this just reminds me that the, the 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 some of the errors that I see in, in the Francis papacy yeah. is that number one, he, he governs. I've said this before. Yeah. He governs like the church, like like a Latin American strongman. Well, because he comes from that, and Perón was his model, one of the yeah. politicians. Let's be honest. He he, he, ru- he rules with an iron fist, yeah. 
And you can see that he tailors a speech to his audience. He tells them what they want to hear. To the left, he speaks their language. To those that are orthodox, he speaks to them ambiguously. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so you walk away scratching your head. Yeah, what is and, it? And, 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 you, and, and, and you say like, well, what did he just say? I'll, I'll give you an example. Tell me. The, the, about the prone style of, 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 okay. of... When he was coming back from a trip from Ireland, the media was asking him questions about sexual scandals in the Roman Curia and, and some of the people that he's appointed to high places. And Pope Francis said this, quote, I will not say a single word. When some time passes and you have drawn your conclusions, I may speak, but I would like your professional maturity to do the work for you. It will be good for you. Close quote. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, yeah. So I will not speak. So no matter what comes of of the tr of the veracity of any accusations against the staff, one thing is certain is that Pope Francis is a Peronist yes. to the to the bitter end. Yeah. Uh, it, Pope Francis was an admirer in his that. youth. Oh, yeah. Of the dictator Juan Peron. Yep. And now the older Pope Francis, he seems to maintain what he learned long ago. And you can't teach an old dog new tricks, Terry. It's clear anyone else guilty or innocent would act to dispel the charges being brought against him, yeah. but uh, not Pope Francis. And remember, Pope Francis made a promise at the altar, too, to hold on to and teach the deposit of faith out of charity. If I was with him, I'd say, Holy Father, with all due respect, keep your promise. When we come back, we're going to talk about another scandal. Father Marco Rubnik, what's going on with that? Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Wow. Fa Father Marco Rupnik uh, has Pray stood accused of, of sexual, spiritual, and psychological abuses of at least nine women, yeah. including nuns who he's oh, uh, bra yeah. bragged about divergenizing yeah. over a 30-year period. These abuses allegedly include religious vessels and unholy actions in a church and other sacrilegious proclivities too disgusting to discuss. That's a fact. I, I just want to just say something in case you didn't know, and I've been taught this by the liberal crystal instructors, yeah. all, all three of them, that when a Catholic priest uses his body yeah. outside of the liturgy or outside of the sacraments, yeah. it's it's a satanic ritual. It's wow. an act to Satan. Most people don't know that. I didn't know when that. A, because his hands are consecrated by the Makes bishop. Sense, though. Yes. So if a priest uses his hands for anything profane outside of the sacraments and the sacred liturgy, the action with his body and his hands is a sacrifice to Satan, whether he knows it or not, Incredible. because his hands are consecrated. So, uh, Father Rupnik, uh, he's uh, again, he has a long history of abuse. Uh, and uh, the article says there are reports that, with the knowledge that at least with tacit approval of Pope yeah. Francis, yes. a Slovenian diocese has announced that Rupnip, a former Jesuit expelled from the order, has been accepted and granted faculties as a priest in the diocese of Koper. Yeah. The old joke is, if you could suppress any religious order, <laughs> which would it be? And why would it be the Jesuits? There's no more forgiving, open-minded, progressive order. It professes an openness to homosexual activity, holy communion for those in unorthodox unions and relationships, female deacons and priests, if the Society of Jesus excommunicated this predator, 
then what in the heck is going on with the Bishop of Culper and Pope Francis? Does Francis have no standards at all? Is there no end to this madness? No depths to which the modern progressive church will not plunge? Where is any proof that Francis has not completely abandoned his role of defender of the faith as a custodian for the Church of Christ as successor of Peter? For years, Francis has surrounded himself with bishops who have countenanced and hidden scandal and abuse. This is his way, and these are his friends. But this public refusal to forbid this travesty is a bridge too far. This is tantamount to an abdication of his priesthood, his vocation, his reign, his office. He should immediately resign or be deposed, the article says, by cardinals as proffered by St. Robert Cardinal Bellarmine, himself a Jesuit doctor of the church in his treatise, De Romano Pontifice. So what standards does Pope Francis have? Is there anything so depraved, rotten, or stained, which he will not bless? Is it a coincidence that this is being done in the shadow of the synod on synodality? A meeting during which the church is being rewired so that we're all welcome with no right, no wrong, no judgment. This was announced sotto voce in the hopes that it would not draw too much attention. This is like those wicked information dumps that guilty administrations make in the dusk of a Friday before a long holiday weekend. Is this the permissiveness of the vicar of Christ? Would any father of children allow such a monstrosity in this house, in his house? Who could expect respect a neighboring father who allows this in his home? This casts a certain hopelessness upon the future of the church militant. This action is diabolical. And the casting aside of these victims, including the Holy Sisters of the Church, lays directly at the feet of Pope Francis. May God have mercy on us and on him. And Jesse, I might add, because of the outcry and the prayers of the lay people, we all were upset at this whole decision. I got good news. The Vatican, through Pope Francis, has said, wait, wait a minute. Uh, maybe we got to look at this again. And so they, they are actually investigating and stopping him from being a, a priest in that diocese and saying that we got to look at this a little closer. What's the moral of the story, Jesse? Two things. One, we got to pray for our leaders in our church. Yeah. Number two, we can't be quiet. Because I heard this whole uh, Father Char- Father Murr on on Raymond Royal, the pi- papal posse. He said this is ridiculous. We have to speak up and say, you know, actions speak louder than words. Holy Father, we need actions to stop this because this is scandalous. We talked in the closing statements of the Senate about sexual abuse, saying we won't put up with it. Well, talk about it. You are putting up with it. This is the ch- this is why so many lay people went out and said, no, this is not right. And the Vatican, after taking heat from people like Jess and myself and the Hoy Poloi, they said, no, we're going to look into this and we're going to stop that. See, so we need to do more of that because scandal is something... I'll, I'll just give you one more thought on this, Jesse. Scandal is, is what drives people out of the church. And I can tell you, this Senate that we were just completing... The people who are Muslims and Protestants in Africa, they were hoping the Catholic Church would bless homosexuals because they knew once you did that, many people would leave and it would be right for them to become Muslim or Protestant. And so this is why we have to, have, out of charity, call the Holy See out and say, knock it off. This is undermining the deposit of faith. That's my take on it, Jess. Yeah, Terry, uh, and this uh, this scandal with Rupnik... Yeah. This is just uh, something that we're seeing th- throughout the whole church. 
It's since 2002. We've been seeing this. Yeah. Well, it, or it's become public. It's, it's yeah, it became public. It was all being done under the table, but nobody knew. And you know what, Jesse? We were all red-pilled. I defended. I said, there's no way McCarrick could be doing these things. And our, 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 our father, uh, Marcel, who, who was the leader of the, of the Legionnaires of Christ. No, 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 no. I got red-pilled. You know why? The facts are the facts, Jesse. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, here's some of the errors. Well, I'll tell you why this is happening. Tell me, Jess. Father Peter Stravinskas, we, uh, he, back a couple of years ago, he wrote an article yeah. about why all this is happening. And he said this. Tell me. And it's convicting. He says, if you want a reformed and holier Catholic church, you, lay people, must commit to being becoming a reformed and holier member yourself. Well said. So, so in a nutshell, Father Stravinskas is saying... Uh, unho- because so many Catholics are not holy, right. this is the type of leadership we're getting. We you, Unholy Catholics, immoral Catholics, get unholy leaders and immoral leaders. That's what Father Stravinsky is saying. I've heard Father Ripperger say the exact same thing. Yes. Uh, and, and so... <laughs> People re- don't forget. Let's not forget. Priests don't come from heaven. They don't fall off. <laughs> they don't fall from heaven into seminary. Yeah. They come from Catholic homes, and if they're coming with all kinds of baggage. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if it's not co- if they haven't had a complete metanoia and they're not grounded in prayer and the sacraments and the ascetical life, this is going to come back. It's going to erupt whether they're seminarians or early in their priesthood, and so some of the other errors that I see Terry that are happening right now. Is is this whole thing about the primacy of conscience? Yeah, Pope Francis. Th- this is one of the things that he's talked about in the past. Yeah. Primacy of conscience, and that's why he's giving other religions. Uh, uh, he's give a seat at the table. And, why? Yeah. Because because he holds to primacy of conscience. Right. Your... And 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 uh, he also holds to radical inclusivity. Yeah. Doesn't care if you're a Muslim or a pagan. Uh, you, what you have to say should be included in the dialogue, even if it's wrong. That's that's his position. Yeah. Bishop uh, Robert Barron said something that really fits right in. He said, a church that's not precise about what it teaches is a corrupt church. And you see, Jesse, all of what we've been covering today, the problems have been ambiguity. And this is a problem because uh, scandal drives people away from the church. Just one quick note. My secretary just told me, she, she gave me this Shaw that I can't really t- see on the TV, but if people go to auctionstoday.com, it's a website. You can go to our, our vmpr.org website, bidding on all these items that we have, dinners with Jess, with Father Chad, Bishop Strickland, all kinds of good things are on that website. And to- I just want to I just want to oh. jump in here for just a yes, second. Yes, Mary! A note on this shawl that you can't see. It's oh. white. Yeah. It is hand crocheted. Okay. It has an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe on it. Oh, good. And this shawl was donated to Virgin Most Powerful Radio by a listener in Baltimore. Wow. As a way to raise funds for the radio show. That was so nice. She handmade the shawl. This is handmade, hand crocheted. Awesome. It's almost like handmade lace. It has an wow. image of Our Lady of Guadalupe on it. It's white. It's gorgeous. It's Yeah, if you hold it up a little bit. I'm holding like, it up, but it's not. Okay, yeah. You have mm. to unfold the whole thing to see the image of our Yeah, you do. So, uh, trust me, if you show. go on the website, it's got a beautiful image. Everything's uh, camera pic- tic- pictures on it, and you'll have it there. Mary Danielle, you're up next for the Bible with the Barbers. I hear you're going to be talking about Psalm 68. Is that true? Yes, that's true. I think we need to remember in these times of great confusion that God is God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a novel idea. <laughs> hey, Jess, wrap it up, brother. 
Yeah, uh, as a Catholic, let's not forget, we don't want to commit spiritual suicide. What is spiritual suicide? It is being scandalized to the point where you're saying, oh, no, the father's doing this, the deacon's doing this, this nun's doing that. And you leave the church. That's exactly Satan's strategy. He wants exactly. you to leave the church right. so you can leave the Eucharist. And if you leave the Eucharist, it's guess what? Your, your, and all the sacraments, your yeah. chances of going to heaven are slim to none. Yep, that's, that's what fact. He wants to make you commit spiritual suicide. So what's the answer? The answer is we've got to know our Catholic faith. Every single person, we have to make time and invest time to know your Catholic faith because you cannot live your faith if you don't know it. And you cannot share your faith with others if you do not make the faith your, faith your own first. The second thing is, you got to live your Catholic faith. Amen. Your Catholic faith is a public thing. It's not meant to be left behind when you leave home. This isn't the, the Left Behind series like the rapture, <laughs> the fake rapture theology. Right. Live your Catholic faith. Be public about it. And finally, spread your Catholic faith. Mm. Jesus Christ wants to bring the whole world. This is true ecumenism. He wants the whole world to be brought into captivity to the truth. And the truth is Christ himself. And the truth is the Catholic Church's bride that he established. And don't be discouraged by the enormity of the task that that lies ahead of us. You know, Mother Teresa, when she told her sisters of charity, she said that our efforts are a drop in the vast need of a notion of need. (laughs) But guess what? She didn't say, man, there's too many poor people out in the world. Nope. How can I make a difference? No. She just put her left foot in front of her right foot. She did the, the, the right thing every single day. Spiritual corporal works of mercy. She never wavered. And guess what? Her legacy lives on today. That's why she doesn't have a BA, an Emmy, or a PhD. She's got an ST before her name. <laughs> I love it, Jess. And let's not forget, never worry about who's going to be offended if we speak the truth. Worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't. It's charity to correct your neighbor. Paternal correction is a virtue. Yes, what state should we be living in, brother? State of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Become holy or die trying. That's it, because life is short and eternity is forever. We get that picture. And Our Lady of Fatima said it well. Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. This is First Friday. Get to Mass. Get to Confession. Do Adoration. Make reparation for the sacrileges that are going on in our church and in the world. Be part of the solution rather than part of the problem. Live a God-centered life. Up next, Bible with the Barbers, Mary Danielle, talking on the Psalms and much more. I want to thank all you who have been supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We couldn't do it without you and your prayerful support. May God richly bless you and your family. Stay with us, family. We'll be up next with the Bible with the Barbers. 